Hello and welcome to We Know WeHo, the award-winning podcast about the businesses and people of West Hollywood. I am your host, Tracy Passo, and today, as many of you may have heard in our previous episode, we are kicking off our third season with a new co-host. Drum roll, please. There's my drum roll from my co-host. All right. I am so excited to introduce to you my new co-host, Felicia Terwilliger. Excellent pronunciation, Tracy. Oh my gosh. Okay. I got, okay. I'm just going to share with everyone. I got so tongue tied on that and I've been working on it, working on it, working on it. And today I said, Felicia, we just need like a nickname for you. So thank you so much, Tracy. And hi everyone. I'm Felicia. I'm a small business owner here in West Hollywood and I'm also a new mother, um, the pandemic. So that was an interesting experience. And um, I opened Lived in Fred Sauna Studios to provide our community with a wholesome and affordable wellness experience that's home to everybody. That's kind of our our passion and our mission. So I'm very excited to be joining Tracy. Um, I think you've done incredible work in getting to know the business owners of West Hollywood. And I um, I hope to promote and inspire them just as many of them have already done for me. So very excited to be a contributor and learn all the ropes with you, Tracy. Oh, well, I'm so excited that you said yes, Felicia. I, I really love bringing in my local businesses to co-host with me. It's so much fun. For those of you that want to hear it or miss it, um, check out our my episode previously with Felicia. It's got a date of March 2nd, 2022, where you can hear all about what's going on over there at Live. It's really wonderful. And uh, Felicia and I are both athletes and wellness junkies and biohacking aficionados. And uh, we promise not to inundate you with all of that, like Mikey and I decided not to do with wine. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I'm kind of feeling another bonus podcast spin on happening. Um, Maybe we know wellness, but that's TBD. (laughs) There can never be enough wellness. So I can see that in the future. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we also share a passion for food that we discovered in our episode. So let's just jump right into our food segment. So I want to start because Felicia, I love this. And I learned this last week in talking to you, your boyfriend is also a small business owner here in West Hollywood. Yes, he is. He is a jack of all trades. He started (laughs) his, his journey as a computer software engineer. So he's, he's the tech guy in the house and he's the tech guy at live. Um, but he's, yeah, he's expanded from his, his technical career into apart building apartment buildings, mainly in Hollywood. And he's definitely got a passion for brick and mortar in, um, in LA. So he started slasher pizza in echo park and the brand is so fitting for that area. And, um, they have a huge following and the brand just kind of spoke for itself and they've done really well there. He actually owns the building and he also owns a, a cannabis store next door. And so it's got this really fun, um, you know, you get your cannabis products and then you get your amazing pizza and they just put this beautiful mural and Speaking of art, because that's our episode this week, there is an amazing artist who just did this beautiful mural on the side of the building. So I'll have to share that with you so you can see it. But anyways, they've had a lot of success. They just opened their second location on Sunset 
boulevard between the Roxy Theater and Whiskey A Go-Go. And so who doesn't love pizza? I know. And I found out in talking to both of you last week that it's at the old Dough Pizza location, which is a fantastic location. And tell me a little bit about, so I haven't been to Slasher Pizza. What kind of pizza is it? And what are, what are your favorite toppings or what's your favorite uh, pizza there? Oh my gosh. Well, they kind of have this Halloween theme. So I feel like all of the forever Halloween theme, um, a lot of the menu items kind of fall into that. And it's also a, a restaurant bar and lounge. So they have cocktails that fall into that brand. I think they're mostly known for the, the Caccio, Caccio Pepe. Mm-hmm. And for all the Italians out there, I apologize because I think I, I butchered that. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a mushroom based. It's meatless. Um, it's got a ton of cheese and it is to die for. And I will make sure that you get one very soon. Um, but you know, just, they have a variety of, of meat lovers and vegetarians and and vegan options. Um, they have something for everyone. Mm, I love that. Okay. And, um, I think it's Cacio Pepe. That's also a tongue twister for me. Um, in addition to Terwilliger. See, I got it. We're going to be a great (laughs) co-hosting match then, aren't we? Uh, we are for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That sounds so incredible. So I think we're going to, um, get Kaz on the podcast um, uh, soon in the upcoming months because we'd love to talk to him and hear more about Slasher Pizza. They're open now, right, Felicia? Yes. Okay, cool. So we'll put a a link in there for Slasher Pizza in the show notes. And then, uh, as you mentioned, you are about to be a new mom. So um, when we talked to you last time, you had a recommendation for us. One of your favorites was uh, Avatar a place that served avocado toast. Have you had any other like new pregnancy cravings? I hear they kind of change as you go through the the months. Um, anything new that you found that you want to add there in West Hollywood or we adjacent? <laughs> yes. Well, they absolutely do change. I think the biggest one has been nachos for me. And I, I wonder what other women are eating, but nachos was a big thing for me in the beginning. And I pulled Kaz into that as well. And I initially was going to 40 Love, which is on La Cienega. And they have an amazing happy hour. It's kind of like a sports bar. Mm -hmm. They have the best nachos. And I've really tried everywhere. Um, And my new avocado toast comes from a place I'm sure that we'll interview. Bravo, off of Doheny. And I think it's near the beauty salon, if, if I'm correct. But they just opened, I think, relatively, you know, within the last seven months and they have an amazing following and the matcha is the best and the avocado toast is incredible and they have great, great, great stuff. Um, I love that. I actually, coincidentally, we were going to interview them and I was in touch with them, but it was too close to the opening and I just circled back with them. So I think we may have them um, after our Mother's Day special. Um, So really excited. I, I love those crossovers. Yes. So they're, they're amazing. And I, I've talked to them a little bit too, but Pizza, nachos. Now it's back. I'm back to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I don't know if you listened to last week's um, episode, but um, Better Than Sex, Patricia has a, I can't remember the name of it. She has a peanut butter and jelly dessert over there that sounds incredible. So you got to catch up and listen to that episode. Absolutely. And I'll (laughs) probably be there 
later this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you the name of it. And, and, and if you go and you got to tell her that you're from your brand new host, I'll, I'll let okay. her come in. <laughs> I will. All, all right. Well, speaking of happy hours, you know, they are slowly but surely returning and they're kind of, you know, phased out a little bit with the pandemic, um, understandably with businesses trying to make a go of it with everything that was happening. I am still waiting for Chaconis. That was my favorite happy hour and I haven't been there in quite a while, so it may be up and running, but I don't think so. My favorite thing on that Chaconis happy hour is their burger, which they only serve on the happy hour menu because it's hilarious because it's an Italian restaurant, but they serve a burger. Down the block, their neighbor, Sir, um, I saw this a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to mention it because we love Sir. Um, Lisa Vanderpump does a lot for the businesses here. She owns so many in West Hollywood, but there's a new happy hour special at Sir and weekly specials from Tuesday to Sunday from five to seven. And um, also they're like, make sure you take advantage of $30 margarita pictures and $50 off bottles of wine and bubbly. So that's a pretty good deal. And sir is such a sexy place. Sometimes you forget about it, but it's great to go back and revisit those. And also I've got to get a plug in. Um, I've been telling Maxine for a while, um, asking her if she'd been to Tom Tom and seen the new expansion. And she was there a couple weeks ago on a date. She said, Oh my gosh. So um, if you're looking for kind of a little bit of a, I don't know, um, Beverly Hills Housewives or not really, I don't know, anyway, <laughs> a different night out. Um, definitely check out Sir and Tom Tom. Um, just very kind of like sexy, different locations. I have seen the Tom Tom's renovations and it is beautiful and so classy and so fun. So I agree that people, if you have not tried it, that place is a great place to, to have a date, go out with your girlfriends and all the things. Yes. And Lisa is on my bucket list. If you're out there, she's hard to get a hold of. <laughs> She's so busy. Uh, I'm trying to get her on the show. I would love, love, love to have her on the show. Just one more note, Felicia, you're such a foodie. And I wanted to ask you, there was a conversation like two weeks around my pool, my, um, with my neighbors about, uh, a fairly new restaurant called horses. It took over the old Pikey space on sunset and it's just barely Leho adjacent. It's like, if you step over yes. Fairfax, it's there. Have you been to horses? I haven't been to horses, but my, I have a decent group of girlfriends who are food bloggers and they rave about it. Yep. I hear that the Caesar salad is incredible. I hear the Cornish game hen, believe it or not, is like worth the order and the burger is insane. Yep. And you know what? Typically sunset can be difficult to find parking, but there's, there's side streets are great for parking. Cause I go to a cafe that's right there and I always find parking, which is always important for me. That is, that. yeah, that's super, super important. And I hear that there's some um, pretty big name celebrities that go in there, like Jersey and Beyonce. <laughs> so oh, anyway. yeah, uh -huh. if you go in there and you're like, that is that, that looks like Jay-Z or Beyonce. And it's like, sure enough, it is. So anyway, um, all right. Well, I um, am looking forward to, to trying horses. Sounds Me too. Like, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I'm maybe... a huge Caesar salad person, so we huh? can go together. Okay. Um, can you eat Caesar salad while you're pregnant? Doesn't have raw eggs in it? As long as there's the anchovies aren't there, uh -huh. you're good. Okay. Well, we could uh, shuffle up to the bar. I actually have an in for the bar there. So if you want to go, you just let me know. We can shuffle up there. We're going. <laughs> I'll trade you Caesar salad for a cacio pepe from yes. Slasher. 
Yes, and we should film the whole thing, and that'll be a live podcast. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love the way you think. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're going to skip right into beauty and wellness. And before we get into our spotlight this week from the team over at B2V and Vanity Girl Hollywood, I have a PSA out there, Felicia. If you don't know, you will come to know that I am an avid cyclist. You may see me on a pink Cannondale uh, roaming around, riding around up and down the hills in Mount Olympus, where you are located. A cyclist um, was actually um, killed this weekend oh. in, a, yeah, in a hit and run accident in Griffith Park. And it's really sad because it was during an AIDS life cycle, 66 mile group training rides. Just, it's devastating. I think it was a 70 year old man. Uh, They didn't have much information. And this comes from WeHo Times. And it was a BMW that was going, if you can believe this, 80 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour road around the zoo. And, you know, I'm a cyclist and I've just noticed, you know, driving habits that have changed a lot. You know, I just kind of wanted to put something out there and just kind of remind people because there are a lot of cyclists. So many people picked up cycling or started, especially with the pandemic, um, getting out with all the gyms closed. So there's a lot more cyclists out there and, you know, a lot more, I would say, like recreational cyclists versus uh, serious cyclists, um, you know, that ride in a Peloton kind of like myself. But it doesn't matter. So anyway, I just wanted to mention a few things. It it is a law where you should give a cyclist three feet when you're passing them. And I just wanted to say for all you big SUVs out there, that's three feet from your um, rear view mirror on the passenger side when you pass me. And passing on curves, I ride on Mulholland a lot, is extremely dangerous. Um, I think it's against the law. so dangerous and people pass me on curves all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when, just as a cyclist, I want people also to know, you know, if we are riding in the road, it is because there is no shoulder and whenever there's a shoulder, we're in there. So we're not being assholes. Um, it's for our safety. So if you see a cyclist in the middle of the road, for the most part, it's because there is no shoulder to ride on. Also, you know, be really careful. You think cyclists are going slow and they're not in a lot of cars. Um, especially on the streets like on Santa Monica, will pull in front of cyclists, pull right into them. And we're going fast. And that causes a lot of accidents also with scooters. Try and slow down and, you know, let the cyclists go before you cut in front of them to make a turn or to um, for a parking spot. And yeah, and just a, a note to slow down. You know, I've noticed um, you know, of course, people are uh, on their devices and and you know, fudge fidgeting with their Tesla control panel. And I don't really mind the people that are out there um, smoking weed. I, I always get a contact high a lot. Um, <laughs> they don't seem to be the aggressive drivers, but you know, a lot of people seem to be driving really fast and kind of angry on the road. You know, there's a lot going on, I think, after the pandemic and people are stressed. So yes, yes. Yeah, you know, yep. it's just I think scared. it's just a it's a good reminder to for everybody to slow down and young or old, middle aged, I don't care what stage you're at in your life, especially in in, in Los Angeles, we feel like we need to be Uh, accessible to everyone all the time, which keeps us on our phones and traffic's bad again and the world, you know, in disarray and we we're we're never present. And I think I've seen quite a few accidents lately myself. And now I'm almost six months pregnant. 
I have slowed down and I do care. And it's, that is, I think the message here is to slow down. Everyone's going to get where they're going to get. And making one of these mistakes could change your life and someone else's be safe, slow down and absolutely give pedestrians and, and, and bikers the right away. And, and, you know, come in to live for some wellness if you're feeling stressed <laughs> out. Well, let's get to our beauty and wellness segment here. We're sponsored by B2V Salon, and it is part two. And if you missed part one, go back and listen to part one in last our prior episode. Um, and in part two, we have Maxine talking to master colorist David Stanko on how to fix a home box dye hair job. Hi guys and welcome back. We're here with another beauty segment and if you caught last week you heard about my foray into box dyeing my own hair and I know that we have a lot of beauty professionals that also listen since we're a business podcast Um, and I thought David could take a second. I'm here with David Stanko, the formula boss, to talk directly to colorists about what to do when your client colors their own hair with box dye. (laughs) Hi David. Hi there. I can't wait to dig into this. (laughs) All right. So you have someone who's come in, they box dyed their own hair as a professional colorist. What tips would you give them to get them back on track? Well, number one tip is to just be transparent and have an open, honest conversation. There's no value in me guilting my client because she was in a pinch and had to take color onto her own hands. But I, I, you need to evaluate the hair. You know, you part through and you see, is there a little bit of regrowth in the front, but an inch and a half in back where she couldn't reach? And you just have a conversation. And probably what would happen is you need to go slightly deeper at the root just for this visit in order to even things out. You might need a couple highlights here and there to try to blend the colors together. And probably in one visit or the second visit, you'll be back on track with your standard touch-up and your standard color services for that woman. Thanks, David. And does it matter? Does it is it harder if someone's hair is curly versus straight when they're sort of dyeing their own hair? Well, that's a great question. Curly hair helps to camouflage a little bit better. Super mm. straight, fine hair, you really see the roots come up. But with curly hair, you might be able to put an accessory in or a barrette or wrap it in such a way that the curl sort of becomes the, the feature and you don't notice the roots as much. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I will really try to avoid dyeing my own hair again in the future. Um, <laughs> thank you, David. And where can people keep up with you on Instagram? On Instagram, I'm at the T-H-E David Stanko. Come join. We always post all sorts of fun stuff there. As I stated after part one of the home box dye beauty segment, I definitely, definitely, definitely will not be attempting to dye my own hair. That is for sure. <laughs> well, we, that is where our paths uh, are changed. There's a fork in the road. I actually do dye my hair at home, but it's only because I worked at a natural hair color company who taught me how to do that. So I don't recommend it, ladies. I would not (laughs) recommend doing this at home. Absolutely go to the salon for, for the expertise, because if you damage your hair, it is so hard to get it back to where it was, especially from a health standpoint of your hair and your cuticles and all the above. 
Oh, I love that. Thank you for that feedback and that advice to our listeners and for me. (laughs) All right. Well, Felicia, I have something special for you for your first podcast guest interview. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation and learn something new. So let's get right to this week's guest. Spring is all about renewal. And this is We Know We Ho's third season. This is the first episode of our third season. I'm attempting here to make a little bridge because when we talk about renewal, we think about Easter. And that is definitely the theme, one of the themes of our new guest um, who is also doing a lot of new things with his business. So let's meet our guest today. Kay Ryan Hennessy is a local resident and the founder of the soon-to-open artist management company and gallery store, Art Lounge Collective. His fine art accolades include awards at state and local levels, most recently as a City of West Hollywood public art grantee, performing as the new WeHo Jesus. And he serves as president of one of LA's longest-lived artist-run organizations, TAG, or the artist gallery. Before making the arts industry the center of his professional world, Ryan worked in communications and marketing for major cruise lines, including Princess, Seaborn, and Holland America Line, and served in administration roles for small nonprofit groups and organizations. Ryan holds a master's in literature and has always called Southern California home. Welcome to We Know WeHo, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Felicia. I'm excited to be talking with you guys. I'm a little nervous. You know, it's like um, no pressure talking to We Have Jesus. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Right. Like no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. Yeah, I know. You know, we 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 do it all here and we know we host so why not we host jesus <laughs> right <laughs> we, we, we span the gamut from aliens to jesus so um all right well with that being said <laughs> let's just jump right into our questions and you know ryan with artists and we've had a couple artists on before including one of your dear friends kitty brightside yes. and i think it's always interesting to start with, you know, you're an artist and tell us a little more, you know, about you and your inspiration for art. Have you always been into art your entire life? And um, just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Art's really been the center focus of my life, Um, but I'm not formally trained uh, in a scholastic capacity. Uh, My my family was very much, yes, we love that you have these skills and, and we want you to continue to develop them, but we also want you to do something really practical with your life. Um, so, uh, so while the arts were encouraged amongst all of us, they were encouraged at a hobby level. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the nice thing about that is I was able to train under, uh, living artists as a young person, um, which was really nice. And that introduced me to, uh, watercolor. Um, I was really good friends. My family was really good friends with, uh, still living artist Mia Champel. Um, she's in in Tucson, Arizona, and she shown she's shown work all over the world. Um, and when I was eight years old, I went and saw an exhibit of her work in Aswan in Egypt, um, which was a bit, you know, 
over the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but but I, I really blame Mia um, and that trip to Egypt for my love of art, the idea that it was appreciated everywhere. Um, and, you know, we spent a lot of time visiting the museums uh, and, and the, the sites and, and all of the things there. Uh, and then I came home and a couple of years later, uh, Christophe and Jean-Marie put up the yellow umbrellas in Gorman, uh, which is where I lived as a child. <laughs> um, and so just a few years later, there was this big giant piece of art um, that existed in a multiplicity, you know, right outside of my backyard. Um, and those two things really kind of focused me into, I, I wanna be a full-time art professional but I didn't have an avenue as a child looking forward to that I liked. Um, so I, I followed my family's example and did practical things. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, and a actually those practical things are really great because um, while I love art, it turns out that the business of art is really about economics mm. and math, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and unless you really love economics and math, you're not going to really love the business of art. Um, and, and it does turn out that having that practical grounding um, in, in education, I hold a master's, um, you know, and then working uh, as a um, as someone with a lot of access to the actual industry heart right with the cruise lines mm -hmm. um that really changed my perspective on on the luxury item on arts mm. on travel and on the way that people spend <laughs> um and so consumer behavior is a big part of what I think about now as an artist um mm -hmm. had you talked to me 10 years ago that would not have been a focus at all um, but but part of what I've built the new business around um, is is making sure that the art and the artists that I work with make sense for the economy that we live in. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I, I I think that's a common story for a certain generation, um, self included. On you know, oh, um, you can't make money as an artist, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, be encouraged to take a traditional path. And I'm just curious, you know, so art was always there in the background, and then you went to work for a couple nonprofits in the cruise line. So, you know, at what point did you kind of say? I'm going to get into art full time and maybe you're doing other stuff as, as a side hustle. I don't know, but you have like so many things going on. Clearly you're, you're an artist <laughs> and you're a tag and then this new initiative that we're getting, and we're getting into all of this, but I'm just wondering, you know, what was that point for people out there that are going, oh, I really want to do an artist, but you know, I'm still in my day job. And like, I don't know what, I, I just love to know your story on that. Um, there, you know, it, it helps to, um, it, it, so they, there's where practicality helped, actually, um, because I went and, and got a master's degree, like my family told me to, um, you know, I spent a, a, a decade in public education, my first, my, my whole 20s was in public education as an elementary school teacher. As a public school teacher in California, you're forced to save for your retirement. Um, and I doubled my force, right? And then I was just a good saver over time. The 
comparison, right, that I like to point to is that the the amount that I was able to save in 10 years as a teacher, um, I doubled that in the five years that I worked for the cruise lines. Uh, wow. And that's just right. <laughs> and wow. That's just, I, I, totally. And that's the difference between public sector and private corporate sector. Yeah. Right. And I had a really great opportunity with Cruise. Uh, I was uh, the employee voice, um, meaning that I spoke to the employees for the company um, on on all of the major platforms that they used. Uh, and, and that gave me insight into everything for the cruise line. Um, and then after a few years there, I moved into the tour marketing business and that gave me an understanding of the the real commerce and e-commerce um, and and how audiences work and how they buy what they buy why they buy <laughs> those five years with cruise mm-hmm. were more valuable than the eight years I spent getting my education <laughs> well yeah because um, <laughs> right you're in the market and truly understanding it and totally coming totally. in from a strategic standpoint with a business mind yeah, absolutely. Um, and so so a big part of how I was able to make that transition was uh, I saved a lot and I prepared myself to do something that was risky and uh, on my own. Um, and, uh, you know, all of the frightful and wonderful things. Um, but I also grew up in an atmosphere where my parents ran their own business. Mm. Um, and so I, I have a child's eye view of what it's like to live that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, but, it, but at the same time, I was doing exactly what you said, art all of this time. Mm-hmm. I've been building my credentials as a working and living artist. You know, I've been submitting to those competitions that are worthwhile enough to win you, you know, a big enough award or a grant or, you know, the, the I, like I actually got a small cash prize and a ribbon from the state of California in 2015. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite things. It's silly. <laughs> I love it. It's my little like, like, you know, like a show horse gets a uh-huh. ribbon. The artwork got a ribbon. I love it. I love oh. it. Uh- <laughs> okay. Well, I love that. And that's some, you know, really good advice. Like if you look at advice from people or coaches that say, you know, if you don't love your corporate job and you want to get into something more creative to make sure that you've got like a lot of savings, like probably a year's yeah. worth of living expenses and not to start something new before you have it built up. So um, I don't know, yeah. Brian, you're doing any um, life coaching or career transition coaching, but it could be uh, a new um, side hustle <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, and especially for artists. I, I mean, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of artists and, you know, they they don't have that business background. I think they struggle and oh, God, it just my heart goes out to them. So kudos for you. I mean, you really Thank are you. a great role model. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Tracy, you and I talked about that initially too, right? How, you know, all of us coming out of this pandemic as business owners in this, in this community, um, how important it is to understand saving and finances and, 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 and really how that can line you up for being an incredible business owner. And, and it sounds like for you, Ryan, you know, we don't always know where we're headed initially in our younger years, but yet all of our experiences line us up for what we're really meant for. And it's beautiful that you're transitioning or you already have 
into your lane. Um, and it shows in so many ways. And yeah, even as a business owner myself, I love hearing other business owners talk about saving, 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 because it is everything. It's, it's such everything. a big part of the picture. I really appreciate yeah. that. No, no, it's, it, I mean, it's a, one of my friends said, I can't believe you turned your idea into a reality to me yesterday. L like literally one of my best and closest friends. And my response was, I'm only able to do this because I have a giant pile of cash. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Period. Period. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Even opening a new business, I talked to uh, our guest last week and she came from accounting and, you know, we had a side conversation about when people start businesses, if they don't have a financial plan, they think they're going to be profitable on day one oh, yeah. out the door instead mm -hmm. of, you know, building a realistic model, especially new business owners and really planning to operate, you know, in the red for yep. a good year or something. Um, yep. Anyway. Uh, my, my plan is, is uh, not to see solvency until the end of 2024. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which means that I have to pay for a business, I have to pay for myself, and I have to pay for employees for at least a year and a half. Yeah, I'd love this. this we know we how we're getting into like the business, uh, right? Let's see, we're <laughs> we're right, gonna, okay, you guys okay. got me on my soapbox. Um, I will say though, Felicia, <laughs> okay. Felicia touched on like my super psycho spiritual self right now. <laughs> so one of my favorite things is your lane. Um, yep. And I, I used to hate the idea of stay in your lane, be in your lane, but yep. now it's my favorite thing. And it's not about, it's not about staying there and getting stuck. It's about discovering it and making it your lane. Right. And, and then, and then understanding once you're there, don't deviate. Yep. Be focused. Be focused. Uh -huh. Right. It's, it's, it's it, because if you discover the lane you belong in, and you stay on that path, you will find happiness and success. Yes, yes mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. All right, you two. I can see that we can, <laughs> we can like get into life coaching and the three of us may go into business together. So um, I love it. <laughs> never know what happens here and we know we know. But let's get back to the art. And we're going to talk yes. about Tag and Art Lounge Collective in a minute. But I want to talk about the thing that I'm most excited about I because I grew up in the church. Um, and <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about WeHo Jesus. And before we do that, Felicia, I have to ask you, are you, before our conversation today, are you familiar with WeHo Jesus? I thought you were going to ask me if I'm familiar with Jesus in general. <laughs> um, yes, I did my background research. I looked at the website, Ryan, that you had created and um I think it's incredible. I love the different um, varieties that you guys have created and everybody who's contributed, but very excited to, to learn more. So any background you guys could provide would be great. Okay. Well, we're going to start because Ryan, for our listeners are going like, who the heck is WeHo Jesus? Right. Can you <laughs> give us a little background on the OG WeHo Jesus? Um, and let's start with there and then roll into, I want to talk about this grant and how you decided to step into, because those are some big shoes to fill, but you've thank done it well. So let's, thank start, you. Just, let's just start with the background on who is WeHo Jesus? Yeah, so WeHo Jesus, um, who you can also find uh, sometimes referred to as Street Jesus or Hollywood Jesus, was originally 
uh, a concept by Kevin Lee Light, who was a West Hollywood resident. And he would walk around with his long hair and his beard, who's a very tall, thin, um, you know, and similar complexion as me. So we're definitely in the, uh, you know, white Jesus realm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he uh, was just a wonderful human being. And he, for his own harmony, um, would walk around and and be Jesus. And, and being a long-term West Hollywood resident, part of the joy of being in West Hollywood is the sightings, right? Mm-hmm. So I had my WeHo Jesus sightings and I'd always, you know, honk the horn or shout out the window, love you, Jesus, right? Um, <laughs> and, I, and it's the same, you know, with like Angeline. I love when I see Angeline, I just go crazy. After his passing... I started to grow out my hair in 2018 and then I left out because we had COVID so I didn't have to really do anything with my hair again for two years. (laughs) Um, So I just now have this long hair and long beard and uh, the West Hollywood Gramps came up and as a joke I said to my friends, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I was the next West Hollywood Jesus? And as soon as the joke exited my mouth, I said, I thought to myself, actually, that's a really good idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I like literally threw together a, um, an amazing packet for the city um, that just rolled. You know, it's, it's Felicia, like you said, when you come to those things yep. um, that, you, that you love, they just pour, pour out of you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and it, it also made me really think about Kevin and mm-hmm. who he was and the history, history of him. Um, and so that led me to a lot of testimonials. I read all of the, the obituaries after his passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I wanted to honor Kevin's legacy by continuing the concept of WeHo Jesus, but I also wanted to change it and mm-hmm. and make it my own. And that's why you see Jesus 3.0 around <laughs> all of my things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give Kevin a little bit more acclaim, um, he, is, he was in a number of uh, television commercials, television series, uh, a couple of films, and in um, music videos, multiple music videos. And then the song Street Jesus by Aerosmith was written directly about him. Oh, um, I and- love that song. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. a huge fan of Aerosmith. Huge fan. That's why you named the, the studio Liv, right? After Liv Tyler, his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might uh, have to get um, Air, uh, Steven and Liv on the show. You never know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, and, and so for me, it was what would, what would the next incarnation of Jesus look like? And I started to think about what we as as West Hollywood, right? What we reflect. Um, and I looked at the city's core values and I tied those with topics of today. And some of them are fun and silly and they're meant to be fun and silly. And some of them are very topical. Um, the, the Rainbow Jesus is very specifically a pride character. Mm-hmm. Like this outfit, outfit is made for pride festivals. Um, it's covered in rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, you know, whereas uh, the Black Lives Matter Jesus is a caftan where I hand painted uh, many of the names of people who, uh, of, of people of color who were killed in, by police in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and that's its own impactful piece. Um, the pieces that Katie made, the be- the main piece Katie made is the uh, Mad World Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's our mental health awareness um, segment, right? And so we were really looking at the topicality of today and how that, you know, Jesus consciousness <laughs> would reflect on it, mm-hmm. but in a non-religious way. I'm actually not a religious person. Me neither. <laughs> um, and so I wanted this to be Jesus for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I do feel it reflects that. Um, but I, I also understand that there are plenty of people who don't need extra Jesus in their life (laughs) and and that's perfectly fine too yeah um well I have a question about rainbow Jesus Ryan you know we have WeHo Pride coming up which is separate from LA Pride and as part of WeHo Pride there is a parade so is rainbow Jesus making an appearance in the WeHo Pride parade a couple of people have you know in in the neighborhood there's nothing settled yet. Jesus okay. will probably show up even if there's no formal <laughs> uh, parade attendance. Um, but, you know, I expect you'll see it. But it, it, I mean, it's it's actually interesting for me because I've been looking towards the end period. And I think Pride is actually going to be the end of Jesus 3.0. And looking towards what might Jesus 3.1 be? Uh Um, and, and again, I don't have anything settled, but I'm starting to play with the concept that I would like to mantle the next Jesus, um, and, and mantle a few Jesuses, hopefully across a variety of different types of peoples, uh, so that we can have some different views of what we hope Jesus could be from other artists. Okay. So so that's kind of my concept, but not there yet you have stepped into some shoes. So, you know, you've, I don't know if you're planning on this, but this is kind of like a long, it it could be a long haul commitment, you know? Yes. No, it totally could be. Um, (laughs) So don't cut your hair or shave your beard. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's the, that's the real hard part. (laughs) Yep. You're committed. (laughs) All right. Well, who knows what the heck the world's going to bring. Well, speaking of, we hold Jesus and the grant. Um, and I would encourage everybody to go see Ryan's exhibit, the resurrecting we hold Jesus exhibit. I went to the opening last weekend and it is incredible. It is so much fun. And it's at the tag gallery, the artist gallery. I love the concept of this. And I didn't know until I walked in and Katie told me the concept um, of the space. So Ryan, can you tell us uh, a little bit about, it's so unique having uh, a gallery that's owned by the ar- artist. So can you just kind of describe a little bit about that and the cooperative and, you know, how it works? Yes. Um, I, I, I think I can do it really quick because I have practice. So TAG is, is going to turn 30 in 2023, which is very exciting for all of us. Um, wow. And it, uh, it was founded way back in 1993 by a group of about 12 artists uh, local to the Santa Monica area. And they created what's known as a mutual benefit organization. So it's a type of not-for-profit. In fact, it's the same exact not-for-profit um, that, that is exampled in the movie Dallas Buyers Club. But instead of uh, uh, medical drugs, we're 
we're buying and selling art. Um, but what it means is that there is no owner <laughs> of the business. Uh, it is just a business entity into itself and its memberships may join and exit without the financial consequences that you would have of buying into or buying out of a, a corporation of any type. Um, so it, it basically allows you to be a owner of a business for a short period of time under a membership umbrella. Really cool. Um, Love it that. means, right. It means that nobody uh, is responsible for the, the capital requirements you know, other than the pool, it's a collective responsibility. So no one person holds any undue burden. The negative of it is that the only way that the artists may make a profit off of the business is through their own artwork. So even if the mm. business does well, it's still a not-for-profit and mm -hmm. all of that has to be reinvested back into the business, mm -hmm. which is really great for me because I've had a great couple of years as president. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and again, uh, that presidential role is voluntary, right? So I'm not, I'm not financially benefiting from TAG's success. I'm benefiting from making TAG better. Um, and that's definitely what's been going on over the years. Uh, but we limit ourselves to 40 member artists. Uh, and so uh, they voted in by the current membership. So even if, uh, say, five of the artists decide that they're not going to renew for 2023, they still help us make the decision with who the five that are going to replace them are going to be. So there's a good continuity in the type of art and the the type of community that we've built. TAG is on Wilshire. Uh, we're at 5458 Wilshire, uh, right near the El Rey, on the beautiful Miracle Mile. Um, it's great. You can walk from TAG to LACMA if you're, you know, in decent shape. <laughs> it's about a mile. Uh, <laughs> this is the fifth location that TAG's lived in in its 30 year run. Uh, and when, when TAG moved here, uh, that's shortly after I became involved and then shortly after that I became president. Um, but we share uh, the exhibition among the 40 artists. We run a couple of competitions each year uh, and generally have a pretty good time. It's such a great, great place and Felicia as your homework and you can report in the next couple of episodes you have to go see um, Ryan's display of resurrecting WeHo Jesus. It's um, on through May 7th. And Ryan, I'm going to tell you some, I'm like, I had a couple favorite pieces. Oh yeah. I, um, yes. Growing up um, in the church as a Baptist and then a Presbyterian and being baptized and born again and all that stuff. Um, wow. That was, that was, yeah. Wow. We can have a talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I new. got, I got the biggest chuckle about the Holy Ghost. Now we won't say anything, no spoilers, but I love the Holy Ghost. That is so funny. And then I loved the Thunder Jesus. And I was going to buy mm -hmm. him until you told me that um, it didn't come with the mannequin. So I'm still trying to figure out that one. <laughs> and then um, I loved all the Kafkans, especially Katie's, because I'm such a fan of her work and she is so uber talented. But actually, my favorite one oh, and she made this one was La Bamba Jesus. Like, oh, yeah. I want that, Capcan. And don't tell anybody what's on there, but it's so fabulous. It's WeHo adjacent, that's okay. But it's really cool. That's some some really fascinating art. It's yeah, on thank my, you. 
It's on my calendar. I'm going to be bringing the baby and my partner and a lot of my girlfriends are into art. So I am so excited to, to do this. I love it. I love it. Let me know when you're coming and I'll, I'll pop in. Um, and I will say the mannequins, let me just give a shout out to them because uh, uh, mm-hmm. Chad Michael has been wonderful to me. Those came from O Mannequin, which is another West Hollywood business. Um, Chad Michael, uh, he hooked me up with some of the best pieces um, from his collection and, and really just made the whole show what it is. Um, without the mannequins, I don't think it'd be nearly as impactful. Um, so big thanks to them. They all have names and stories of their own. Uh, so you should definitely have a podcast with him at some point, too. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, we were talking in, in the pre-show a little bit about um, art and integrating it into other small businesses. And obviously... I'm so interested in, in art and then sharing that with the community and to live. Your latest art project is the Art Lounge Collective. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Art Lounge Collective is uh, my dreams manifest into reality. Um, and uh, it is a artist management company uh, and a gallery store. Uh, so it's a two-pronged business. Uh, the first prong really focused on artists. And what we're looking to do is take artwork as a retail inventory from living artists, original and limited edition artwork. Uh, and I'm looking specifically for contemporary art across the, the broad range of contemporary art. So that's anything from pop to abstract expressionism, but also with a median price point of under $1,000, meaning that, that about 65, 70% of everything that I'm going to show in the store will be under the $1,000 price point, but also placing those artists in other venues. Uh, And we currently have our second show uh, partnered with the Mondrian Los Angeles at their Magic Box exhibit, which is there on the ground floor lobby of the hotel. Uh, Beautiful exhibit space encased in glass. It surrounds the elevator bay. Uh, We work in partnership with them this year to produce our art lounge artists Uh, artwork in that space, which is really wonderful. It gives the artists a great exhibition display and also allows us the opportunity to showcase and sell the art further. Uh, And then on top of that, we are a gallery store business. So we're looking to sell artwork to the public um, and capitalizing on all of that wonderful insights that I I learned about um, uh, consumer habits. Well, I think we know WeHo for sure needs to be on the press list for all these openings. And oh, that's, absolutely. <laughs> that's where I first met you was, I think it was, I believe it was your first Art Lounge Collective showing up at the Mondrian. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that was a Justin Pro, uh, mm-hmm. and his work was the fictional reality of California beat culture. And uh, Justin... Uh, his artwork, I love it. It uh, he produces everything from start to finish: the the framing, the mounting, the printing, um, and they are digital paintings, meaning so that uh, he used a stylus uh, and a and a screen to to paint them, but they're still made by 
hand, the drawings are hand done. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're of toy cars and, uh, and Barbie dolls in surf scenes. And that was a beautiful and wonderful exhibit. And now we're showing Rainbow Bright, which is uh, mm-hmm. Joanna Chris. Uh, and Joanna's artwork is uh, brightly colored textural acrylics uh, in a pop abstract contemporary kind of style, uh, very color focused. Oh, how long is that running? I've got to get up there and see. I didn't know that you had swapped artists. Yeah, we swapped out um, and she'll be running through the end of May. Tracy, I, I did want to elaborate on one thing that, that Ryan was talking about, just to make sure I understand correctly and that other, other business owners like me understand correctly. Is there, um, is there you know, guidelines for people who can host specific art in their in their businesses and their studios is there anything that we should share with with people that are interested you know that's a really great great question and no it's kind of it it, it has to be done on a business by business uh relationship um it when it comes to the the purchasing side there are some rules about uh the pricing and commission structures uh that i already have established with the artists so those are kind of locked into place but they still leave a lot of um space for businesses uh and then uh it's really the gamut um whether businesses would like to host things on consignment whether they'd like to rent or to sell. Uh, that's all, 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 all the varieties of how art can be used are really open to me. Um, my goal as an individual artist when I was designing this was to take all of the things that I wanted to happen in the world as an artist and to make them reality. Um, and so part of that is making those connections with businesses on behalf of artists. Um, because like I said earlier, you know, you as the individual business owner, Felicia, you're not interested in having 12 individual relationships on a monthly show cycle with artists. But if you had one relationship with somebody who just did the work for you, <laughs> right, um, it makes it that much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what 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 we're we're building into with the Mondrian. Um, it, previously, they had worked on a one on one basis with artists, and that's quite a lot of work on the corporate level staff um, yeah. on a cyclical cyclical basis. There, I have that word. <laughs> Master's degree in English. It'll get you something. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and say Felicia's last name. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Uh, but by really targeting a business-to-business relationship as a platform of what I'm looking to do, I know that I can expand the reach of art beyond what it's already capable of. Um, and then you've got me on my soapbox, so I'm just going to follow it up with the other big tenet for me in that is making sure that the artist. I work with understand that they are not all valued at the 90th percentile of the art market. Wow, some great points there. And what I mean, I, you know, West Hollywood's such a small city, 1.9 square miles, and I'm pretty yeah. familiar with um, all, a lot of the businesses. And I really appreciate the, the integration of the local artists into all the businesses, you know, the, the Lapeer does a great job with that. Mm-hmm. The Mondrian, the mm-hmm. Andaz, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it gives artists such um, 
a range of opportunity to show themselves because the WeHo and the city of West Hollywood does a great job with WeHo arts, but there's just yep. limited, you know, only so many murals they do and, and all of that. And I think it's really great. You know, I know Anthony at the collective, he always has art in there. And then um, this was pre Pandy, of course, um, he would have art showings and they would have music and tacos and like meet the artists and sell the artwork. And it's, it's so cool. We all love art and we know like how difficult it is um, to be an artist and, and make money. So Felicia, I'm so excited actually that this is your first conversation and it sounds like we may be seeing some art of some kind um, over there at Live. <laughs> Absolutely. I no think pressure. Our, we have such an amazing wellness community and um, and as I've learned and I think are always intuitively known the beauty of creators and artists. And I have a deep passion for that. I cannot sing. I cannot draw. I, I can't do any versions of that. My creativeness comes from a different place, but I, I so respect it. And I'm so now inspired to dive into everything, Ryan, that you've done. And, but I'm, I, I'm really excited to learn about it and also bring it in to live because I know the people in our, in our community are going to love learning about this and everyone should. This will bring us together. I think in hard times, like I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I, I really want to help. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I love that. That this is my favorite part of the podcast is connecting everybody, business owners and artists, and and all of it. We have such a a blessed community here in West Hollywood. Really, I love that. And Felicia, by the way, you can sing and you can paint. And Ryan, as we as you were talking about the Art Lounge Collective, I was thinking. Oh, maybe we should do a we know we ho like I don't know paint and sip or something. Oh, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, that'd be really fun. Okay, so I I love that. Let's do it. But okay, we're gonna do it. We're um, hold us to it. We've got actually some activations coming up, so maybe July or August. But I'm gonna make sure. Well, we gotta get Felicia before she has her baby because she's about to be a mommy. (laughs) (laughs) August twentieth. Same. All right. Well, this has been so fantastic. Ryan, we could just talk to you all day. I'm going to wrap it up with one final question and I'm going to change it up a little bit here. Usually we ask people what your favorite places to eat, shop and play are in West Hollywood. But I'd love for you just to say like, what are your favorite, you know, art galleries or business integrations or, you know, even installations in the city right now, you know, from West Hollywood Park to the median, um, anything up on sunset, like um, give a, give us a little inside scoop on your favorite things in the art world that are happening in West Hollywood. Well, I mean, my, my most favorite is Joanna's show at the Mondrian. Um, (laughs) But you know, I'm a little biased there. Uh, There is a great exhibit at the Andaz. I don't remember the name of it, but it's some really beautiful graphic pop art um, that is definitely uh, worth looking at. And, you know, just like you said, there's always beautiful things to see at the Lapeer. I'm a big fan and it, it could just be because I walk by it often. Um, but I'm a big fan of what Valda's doing with Wall Space. Um, and they have a really wonderful pride-focused exhibit um, going on right now. Uh, so that's Wall Space Gallery. And that's on Curson and Santa Monica, mm-hmm. I believe. So those are kind of the ones that are all in the highlights. Um, are the mushrooms still up? The Not ma- marshmallows, the marshmallows. I really <laughs> loved those uh, down at the median there at... Uh, Doheny, yes. 
Um, and I did a little walkthrough as Jesus there. So, so, so there's some video in the exhibit too, uh, playing with the marshmallows and the light. One of my favorite things that the city's been doing these last few years is the crosswalk. And I love the repainting of the crosswalk now integrating the further, uh, you know, broader pride flag. Um, yes, I love it. Yeah. So those are kind of all the highlights of, of things I'm, I'm in love with and have fun with. You know, the joy about West Hollywood is you can walk in any direction and you're going to run into a mural or a public art installation or, or a. Or, or we ho Jesus. Yeah, exactly. The street, having a beer at the Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Where he hangs out, the Abbey. <laughs> I mean, you're probably more likely to see me munching on a cookie at the Pendry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, why not? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a, a sweets and savory. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ryan, one of my um, like, this is like a, a Tracy. I mean, I, I have ideas and I just throw them out to people when I know that I like can't execute them. Mm. But I would love to have um, the Emsler tile building, like a projection art, you know how they do on yeah. in New York on the Empire State Building. I think that is like the coolest spot for a projection because um, it's all white. I don't know. You know, it's not up on the hill or anything, but I, I don't know. That's just kind of my dream come true. I like it. It's a good idea. OK, well, let's make it happen. Let's call WeHo Arts right now. Right. We'll be like, you guys. Rebecca, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, we have an idea for you. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, Ryan, how much fun. Um, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your time. You are so busy between WeHo Jesus and TAG and Art Lounge Collective. So I, I really appreciate um, your time that you've given us. We, we talked endlessly. We could probably talk for another two or three hours. Before we let you go, where can people find you on Instagram? You've got a lot of things going. Um, your, your personal Instagram, if you want to share that tag, Art Lounge Collective. Um, where can folks uh, find you and, and see some of your work? Absolutely. So I'm pretty easy personally. Everything is K Ryan Hennessy. Uh, so it's at K Ryan Hennessy on Instagram, on Twitter. It's slash K Ryan Hennessy on Facebook. And it's K Ryan for the website. Uh, I'm pretty consistent with Art Lounge. Um, so if you look up Art Lounge Collective on any platform, uh, it, we should be the first one you see. The web address is artlounge.co. And uh, tag is taggallery.net and it's at taggallery across all platforms as well. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, the Jesus, re uh, Resurrecting WeHo Jesus will be up just like you said through May 7th. Uh, and on, uh, ooh, I'd have to look at the calendar. I think it's the 7th, uh, that Saturday. We're doing an artist talk in the afternoon. Uh, so it, each of the four artists that are displaying at tag We'll spend about 15 minutes doing a tour of the items that they've made and displayed. And Art Lounge Collective, and this will be the last one. I'll stop plugging myself, I promise. Art Lounge <laughs> Collective will open to the public Friday of Memorial Day weekend. And we're going to start with weekend openings for a little while and build up into a full stream uh, daily shop by September.
Oh, I love that. All right. Well, we will put all those things in our show notes. That was not shameless plugging. You've got so many, <laughs> so much fab, so many fabulous things going on and it's multifaceted. So um, thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, Felicia, what'd you think? I thought it was amazing. Ryan, I love your energy. Um, it's been super educational and I think everybody's going to love this podcast and I, I can't wait to to meet you in person and look at some art and do some infrared. Absolutely. I'm excited about You're it. You're amazing. Um, thank keep, you. Keep, going, keep climbing. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Tracy. For you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Felicia. I appreciate it so much. What an interesting conversation with Ryan we just had. Yes. Ryan is incredible and he's the epitome of the the star in the West Hollywood community in business and in art and it was a pleasure to get to know him um and all of his all of his business that he's he's developing yes and I love that you had been kind of thinking and considering about bringing art into your business so I'm really interested to see like if there may be some some kind of art installation happening there at live I mean he's a neighbor he's a neighbor to live <laughs> and I'm completely new to art and it's just so funny how things come around right i don't think that's a coincidence um i actually think that's good karma and so i'm very excited to to talk to him about hosting art at live and i'm gonna be going to all of the the exhibits the the, the jesus exhibit is on my list before march may 7th yes you have to have to have to get there it is so cool and i i really am thinking about buying one of the pieces just because the calf cans are so cool um, so you'll have to go and um, give me your feedback on that. Yes. And I, I have never bought a piece of art and I definitely have the things that I love, um, but it's such a personal, intimate experience. I'm sure you've bought an art before. And so I'll have to pick your brain on that another time. Um, and certainly Ryan's, um, but maybe that is in my future as well. Yeah. And, you know, I love um, his uh, philosophy is to really to make art affordable for the everyday person. So while it may be, you know, it's, it's not extravagant, like, um, and you'll see that when you go in there. So it's like fairly affordable for some really cool custom pieces. And I love that pricing and that model. Yes. And, you know, one of the questions I'll have to ask him afterwards is, I'm curious how he selects art and how even you select art. Um, I'm sure it has to speak to your heart. For you to take that home and look at it for the next duration of your life, um, it has to be pretty important. I'm not really quite sure what that gauge is for me, but would love to hear that from Ryan and from you um, <laughs> when we can. Okay, fantastic. You can come over to my apartment and see all my art and I can tell you exactly where I was and why I bought it and why I was inspired. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Well, we're at the end of our episode, Felicia. Um, how do we do? Amazing. Um, I, I love it. I love having you sitting in the co-host spot. You know what? You definitely lead the way as you should. Um, and you know, I'm so happy to be a part of this and, you know, I think we're going to meet a lot of amazing people as the year unfolds and so excited to, to do that with you. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how we can improve it and make it more exciting and, and certainly narrow down to the things that, that people enjoy the most. I love that. Well, once again, um, from the whole we know WeHo team, which is really me, but also an extension of our guests and our prior co-hosts. Welcome to We Know WeHo. <laughs>
That brings us to the end of the episode. Be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love for you to rate us. That really, really, really is important and makes a difference. Also, share this podcast with our friend to help support our local businesses. That's why we do what we do. And follow us on Instagram at WeKnowWeHo underscore official. And I'm going to give a shameless plug to check out Live for Infrared Sauna on all the amazing treatments they have over there. Thank you, Tracy. And yes, for all of the viewers, um, if we, if you know someone amazing, um, that has a business in WeHo or WeHo Jason, and you haven't seen them be introduced on the podcast yet, please message us directly. Let us know. We'd love to talk to everybody. And from West Hollywood, that's a wrap. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next episode. See you next time. Bye.